uh, need to know how you can pray for, uh, for them. And uh, this, uh, this was her message here. So there are lots of bugs here in the province. And I've already had some fun experiences with them. Like a small snake jumping off the doorknob to the roof when I went to go hang up the laundry. Little black bugs all over the bed when I forgot to close the curtains after dark. They're attracted to the lights. Gecko droppings all over the counters and floors every morning. A centipede in the sink when I went to wash supper dishes. Ants that are attracted to every crumb of food that doesn't get cleaned up immediately, etc., etc. But today took the cake. I was trying to print off some coloring pages for the kids who come, but the printer kept jamming and I couldn't figure out why. Until I finally got half a page out that was filled with blood and guts. A gecko got stuck in the printer somehow and jammed it up until it finally squished flat enough to come out. Okay? <laughs> so that's, that's what they deal with uh, there in the new province uh, there. So if you get that back to mom. And, um, and Naomi was always the tough one as far as uh, bugs. Uh, so that was good for her. Amen. Uh, one of my fun memories of my kids when they were small, was the death of Larry the lizard. And uh, I went outside uh, one day, and they were holding a funeral for Larry, uh, Larry the lizard. Wasn't you, Brother Larry. They, you weren't here at that time, okay? But this was, uh, this was Larry, Larry the lizard, and uh, lizard died, and so they did a funeral. And I think, Andrew, you were preaching. Who was leading the music? Um, Somebody was leading the music, one of the kids preaching, one of the kids leading the music, and I go out there, they had a, they had a, a kind of a mound of dirt, and they had, a, uh, had done it really well. I mean, they had a, had a Larry the Lizard board, it was written on a board, and they had it stuck it in the ground as a, a reminder, and uh, there that we might mourn Larry uh, the Lizard uh, here. So, All right, let's take our Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Uh, chapter 16 tonight, Proverbs 16. So appreciate your faithfulness. It's good always to be in church, isn't it? And uh, This particular section of Proverbs, a uh, little bit easier to outline than some of the other sections of the book of Proverbs. Uh, the first part of Proverbs can easily be outlined. And, and then you get uh, from chapter 10 moving forward and you find for the most part that uh, each verse kind of stands on its own. But you'll find here... In Proverbs chapter 16, there are several sections that uh, fit together very well. And uh, here tonight, uh, Proverbs chapter 16, uh, I want to begin at verse number 10. And you'll notice here this section of Scripture deals with the king. It deals with government. And uh, we find here just, and I'm going to look tonight at God's view of government. And uh, not necessarily government uh, in complete, but God's view of authority. God is a God of order. And God, uh, God gives order. Order is necessary. Government is necessary. And uh, God gives that and, and has ordained that of man. Uh, Proverbs 16, you find your place. Let's stand as we read together the Word of God. Uh, we'll begin here in verse number 10. Proverbs 16, verse number 10 reads, A divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. A just weight, as we read this morning, dealing with integrity in business. <clears throat> but a just weight and balance are the Lord's, all the weights of the bag or His work. It is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. 
Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of a king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. And the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. And uh, what we'll look at as as we examine these verses here tonight is is how God tells us uh, to deal with authority and the purpose of authority and really the blessing that it will bring in your life when uh, you have that submissive heart unto authority. We, uh, by nature, we're rebellious. Uh, by nature, we, we don't want to submit. By nature, we want to be our, our own boss. Uh, but God has principles that will bless in your life that we're going to examine here tonight. And if you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in, in prayer this evening. Father, thank you. Uh, here in this place at this time and not by accident. God, we're asking you tonight to minister to the needs of our hearts that you would uplift yourself and be honored and glorified. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be our teacher. And Lord, help us to gain truth tonight that will be of eternal value. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated uh, this evening. And just a a couple of background uh, thoughts here. Uh, Here we're dealing with uh, Solomon, who was the king of Israel. And we find that at this particular time, Israel, as well as surrounding nations, were led by a king often. And, And Solomon was used of God. Uh, to do great work for the Lord. At at, uh, this uh, particular time, Israel was at the height of its kingdom, and uh, Solomon, as the king uh, in the prime, was used of God to build the temple in Jerusalem, one of the great uh, wonders of the world, beautiful temple, Solomon's temple, as is known. And it's evident as you read through the the Proverbs and you read through the life of, of Solomon, that Solomon understood he was ordained of God. He was given a position of God. He was promoted to that position by God, and he was accountable to God for that position. And uh, here uh, in in the midst of this, Solomon is writing about the king and that position of the king. Now, I want you to keep your place here, Proverbs 16. Uh, I'd like you to go to the New Testament, and we're going to kind of add into this section of Scripture, uh, Romans chapter 13, Romans chapter 13. And in Romans chapter 13... Here the Bible is expressing this position or this place of government, of authority. It is God that has ordained government. In Romans 13 verse number 1, we read, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisted the power resisted the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. He says, for rulers are not a terror, a terror to good works, but to the evil. And this is what it ought to be. We read this morning in Proverbs chapter 17 about considering that which is evil good and that which is good evil. And that happens when rulers and people get away from God. He says, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Uh, Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good. Thou shalt have the praise of the same. For he is the minister. This is interesting. Those that are in authority, the Bible says, the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. 
for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. I believe, uh, by the way, in capital punishment. I believe God ordained capital punishment. I believe that a man who takes another man's life willingly, cold-blooded murder, uh, the Bible in Genesis chapter 9 is ordained that by the life of man, that life's, our man's life is to be taken. And, and that's a position, an ordination of government. He says, Wherefore, you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Uh, for, this very, or for, for this very cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. He says, Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, and fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. As you deal with that, uh, that thought or that section, it was the Lord Jesus uh, Christ that said, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And I don't think any of us enjoy paying taxes, but what we find is that there is a biblical principle, and there is a position of government, and there is a uh, uh, the, the position that is to be honored. So here Paul writing to Roman Christians under Roman government. And if you think back in history about Roman government, often led by the Caesars. And Roman government was not always the most pure or moral of governments. And yet the Bible is expressing of government that we are to be subject unto the higher powers. Now, as Americans, we've been blessed and we have been blessed with a system of government that has been unique, a constitutional system of government that was based upon biblical principles. It was designed for a moral people. We often refer to it as a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. It was a unique concept in history, and you'll find that God blessed that, and we have had the privilege of that freedom based upon a biblical virtue, a biblical morality, and the government that it was established by our forefathers was established for a people under God, and a people surrendered to God, and a people led by the biblical word of God and the commandments of God, and and uh, God's uh, government uh, through America has been a blessed government. Now what uh, we are going to do tonight, just kind of relate this in our attitude toward authority. And when we speak of authority, we're going to go beyond government tonight. Every one of us are under authority. Uh, every one of us have authorities in our life. God is a God of order. And God has established, you'll find, uh, the home. And God has established order in the home. It's God's design that a husband be under God and that a wife be under the husband and that children be under their parents. And this is God's order of authority. And uh, God says to a wife that she is to be submissive under her husband as unto the Lord. And God says of children, they are to obey their parents in the Lord for this is right. And uh, this is an establishment of God. And God expressed to us in the book of Romans that we are to be under the government that God has placed us under. I believe God has established a church and order in a church. And if you work at a position, you have a boss and you have people that you are under their authority. And it's a good thing in our lives. And God uses that to establish and build us and mold us into the image of God. God ordained authority in every realm of our lives. Now let's go back to Proverbs chapter 16 
And I want to give some thoughts here as we look at this order, as we look at this authority in our lives. And of course, he's relating this to a king and to government, but the application uh, is to all of these areas where we are under authority. If you look in verse 10 again, we see this position of a king. And a principle is set forth. He says, a divine sentence is in the lips of the king. His mouth transgresseth not in judgment. Here's a principle set forth. It's the decree of a king. And that decree of a king is set forth as law. Now, this is an ideal situation. A righteous king would have a righteous law. Uh, This would be perfectly fulfilled, of course, in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the righteous and holy king of kings. He's the king of truth. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of judgment. And as we speak of the Lord Jesus Christ, a divine sentence is in his lips or the lips of the king. And his mouth transgresseth not in judgment. And we would say that perfectly tonight of the Lord Jesus Christ, that every word of the Lord is truth and righteous and holy, and that we are to be under that authority of the king. All decrees, righteous, all judgments of the Lord Jesus Christ are just, a divine sentence. Now, as we relate this, and I believe a principle here tonight is that earthly rulers and earthly authorities ought to seek to duplicate the Lord Jesus Christ ought to seek that righteousness of the Lord. See, because man is sinful, this does not always happen. The only perfect authority is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the the perfect Holy One of God. But earthly rulers, and let me express fathers, or those of you that are in positions of authority, you ought to seek to emulate the Lord Jesus Christ in that authority and that you would make certain that your decrees and your judgments are honoring to the Lord Jesus. And earthly powers, however, often abuse that authority and abuse that power and sin clouds their judgment. But it's interesting in the book of Romans, uh, here speaking to Roman Christians under the Roman Empire, which was a wicked empire, uh, was expressing to those Christians they were to be subject to that authority ordained in their life. And I believe a principle is set forth. We are to obey those that are over us unless a decree is contrary to the Word of God. And of course, we obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ and we honored the Lord. And there was a time where the apostles uh, were given directions not to preach at all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they expressed to those in authority, we must obey God and not men. And they recognized that authority of God ultimately in their life. Now here tonight, as as we think about this, a king's position. Uh, We understand this relating to authority. A king's position, he is in a God-given position. It's evident that God ordained government. As I mentioned, Genesis 9, God established a death penalty. And that was not to be taken into the hands of normal citizens. That was in the hands of government. That was after proper judgment was given and and, uh, proper uh, then consequences given for the the murder or for whatever the crime would be. Uh, Romans 13 says, Let every be sold be subject to the higher powers. He says, There is no power but of God. Uh, The powers that be are ordained of God. Let me express this tonight. No man will ever be elected to a position unless God allows that. 
no person will ever come to power or authority unless God puts that person or allows that person to be in authority. And sometimes God will give a people what they deserve. Uh, by that, when a people get away from God, uh, often God will give them uh, somebody that uh, will bring, so to speak, judgment and call them back unto the Lord. And I'm just going to, going to be blunt here tonight, and I, I believe that God raised up President Trump. And I believe that God put him in a position. And I believe tonight that that position ought to be honored. And I believe a sad day has come upon America when that position is coming under attack today. In great, I, I'm, I'm just appalled by what is happening on news media and the attack today going against a God-ordained authority. Uh, I would express, uh, I've had presidents that I did not agree with. But I believe that there are positions that are to be honored. And there is authority that is to be honored. And a position uh, that is to be recognized as coming from God. And, and I believe in recognizing that, the Bible tells us that we are to pray for those that are in authority. Uh, we are to lift them up unto God that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. And there is a principle set forth here in the Word of God. Uh, the Bible teaches us that we to, are to honor the authorities of our life, a God-given position. We're to honor kings and prime ministers and presidents and governors and all of us placed in that authority under government. I believe in a home, parents are to be honored and we're coming into a day of rebellion. Uh, I have heard young people talk about their old man or their old woman and speak very disrespectfully and negatively of their parents and God forbid uh, that we should do that. We ought to always honor that position. Uh, I believe uh, uh, young people honor your teachers, honor those in authority over you. Don't be one that would talk behind the back of an authority or behind the back of a teacher. I was always bothered when I would go to work and I would hear men at work talking about the boss at work, the very one that would write their paycheck. And we ought to be very cautious about that, uplifting the powers that be that are ordained of God, that God has placed in our life. And authority has a God-given position in a life. And that position is to be honored. As we look at that authority, uh, an authority has a God-accountable position. I recognize because Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords tonight that every authority will give an account to God. If you're in a position of authority, you need to take that very seriously. That you are going to give an account unto God. And that every knee will bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every tongue will confess Him as Lord. I believe in an authority that recognizes their position under God can have a tremendous influence. You see, as an authority, it's my position to uphold the Word of God and the principles of God and the righteousness of God. And when an authority upholds the authority of God, he actually increases his own authority. Let me give you a thought here. Do you know, a wife, when you uphold your husband's authority, you increase your own authority. And do you realize, young people, when you uphold the authority of your parents, you put yourself in a position that you can be used in a greater way of God. 
I believe that whatever position, if you're at work, you uphold the authority and the position of your boss. And in doing so, you gain greater authority, greater position, and greater honor in this. And so we are, and that authority is to recognize having tremendous influence, upholding God's law. He increases his influence. Now, look at chapter, we looked at this this morning, chapter 16, verse number 11. He says, a just weight, and you line this up in the context here. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are his work. And I believe the position of government is to uphold a just balance, a just weight. Uh, The position of government is to uphold a righteous sentence and to be fair unto the poor, to be fair unto the rich, to be equitable at all times, righteous judgment. Now we look this morning, Proverbs 17, verse 15, says, He that justifieth the wicked and condemneth the just, even they both, are an abomination to the Lord. And then he says in verse number 23, a wicked man taketh the gift out of the bosom. This speaks of, of receiving uh, bribes in order to make an unfair judgment. And uh, we're to be fair and equitable in the judgment. That's the position of an authority. Uh, back in Proverbs 16, verse number 12, he says, it is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. In other words, a king, a person in authority is to uphold the law of God, the principles of God, and he increases his authority by upholding God's principles in his life. That's the position of a king. Now as you look at at this passage, you build upon that thought of the king's position, and we think tonight of the power of the king. Proverbs 14 verse 34 says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Uh, Again, chapter 16, verse 12, Proverbs, and this speaks of righteous leaders. He said, it is an abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. See, any person in a position of leadership will increase their abilities Through righteousness. Uh, You see, Father, a man that walks with God gains great respect in his home and in his family. Uh, Wives, uh, a mother that walks with God uh, gains great respect. A righteous mother. And what a blessing this is. Uh, You'll read in the life of Judah. Uh, Judah had many good kings. There was David, a man after God's own heart. I love Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat sought the face of the Lord. He did that which was right in the sight of God. God blessed the kingdom of Judah under the reign of Jehoshaphat. I love Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a man like David after God's heart. He was a man that loved the Lord. He was a man that sought the face of God and God blessed the nation of Judah under the reign of uh, of Hezekiah. Uh, Josiah came to power as a young man and Josiah was the one that brought the word of God uh, back into the nation uh, of Israel and or Judah and God blessed the nation because of a righteous king that would seek the face of God. And so righteous leaders, you need to pray for your leaders. You need to pray for them, for their salvation. You need to pray for their walk with God. You need to pray for their surrender to God's way and God's heart. I was reading a statement by W.E. Gladstone, and he, he expressed, he said, I've known 
95 of the world's great leaders in my lifetime. And he says of these 95 great leaders, 87 of them were students of the Word of God. And he was expressing the importance of leaders being guided by God's Word. There are righteous leaders. But then we speak of righteous followers. Look in chapter 16, verse 13. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him that speaketh right. See, a nation is blessed when it has a foundation of righteousness. A home is blessed under that foundation of righteousness. A place of work should be blessed with righteous labors. I believe as a Christian, we are the salt and the light are the light of the world. See, God wants us to be holy and pure and righteous. Not only should leaders seek the face of God, but those under authority should seek the face of God. And do you realize that by being under God's authority, you have great influence even in the kingdom or the place of work or wherever God would situate you. Now, as I have mentioned here uh, this morning, Daniel. And you'll find that Daniel under Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel under Darius uh, blessed their kingdoms. Uh, here were men that were righteous under the authority of their king. Now when you think about this, Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked king. Nebuchadnezzar was a narcissist. If you study Nebuchadnezzar, he gave his word and he would put to death somebody like that. But here's Daniel, a man under authority. Here's Daniel, a great blessing to his king because Daniel walked with God. And I believe because of the influence of Daniel in the life of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar got saved. And then there was Darius and what a power uh, Daniel had over the life of Darius as Daniel walked with God. Uh, we could talk about Joseph. We mentioned him this morning. Joseph, Pharaoh was blessed to have Joseph in his kingdom. And uh, Pharaoh, uh, Joseph under that authority, Joseph walking with God was a blessing to that kingdom. These are righteous followers. And do you know your place of work ought to be a better place because of you? Because you walk with God? Because you are seeking the face of God? Uh, your boss ought to be a better boss because you are there? Young people, your parents ought to be better parents because you walk with God, because you are obedient. Uh, you can help your parents be good parents by walking with God. Uh, wives, you can make your husband a better husband by your walk with God and your submission in the home. And so this is the power of a kingdom. Uh, righteous leaders, righteous followers. Look in chapter 16, verse 14. We see here the pacifying of a king. Reads, the wrath of a king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. An account in history, King Edward III, he was the king of England, ruled England from 1327 to 1377, a total of 50 years. England was often, during these years, at war with France. A city of France, Calais, was a seaport city. It was known for sending pirates that would prey upon English merchantmen and English ships. 
King Edward captured the city of Calais. He determined to teach that city a lesson. Uh, he would punish the people of Calais. And the way he would punish that city, he ordered that six of the most notable and prominent men of that city were to come to the city square with a rope around their necks uh, with no shoes and they were to be executed in front of the entire city and then the king would show mercy to the rest of the city. Now the day came, these men appeared, they begged for their lives before King Edward III. He was filled with wrath. He said, this city has conquered our ships, this city has defeated our ships, I'm going to pay this city back until Queen Philippa came and bowed, the wife of King Edward, bowed before King Edward and begged for the lives of these six men. The wrath of the king was pacified and it was stated that uh, through uh, Philippa's uh, submission unto King Edward, but her pleas for mercy that these men were spared. Through her kind spirit, the wrath of the king was pacified. I want to relate this to us tonight. Do you know God is looking for those under authority to have a humble, submissive spirit. And that humble, submissive spirit can often pacify the wrath of an authority or the wrath of a king. You've heard the words, a soft answer, turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up strife. And oh, how we need that in a home. A soft answer, it turns away wrath. Uh, to have a soft answer, not words of anger. And uh, those under authority, when you respond to anger with anger, you increase the anger. But when you pacify that anger with a soft spirit and with a humble heart and a submissive spirit, you gain great influence. Remember the woman named Abigail, married to wicked Nabal? Do you remember as David sent to Nabal for food, he was in that territory, and Nabal gave this churlish man in a drunken state, gave a, a, a wicked answer unto David. And David was filled with wrath, filled with anger. Uh, he said to his armies, we're going to go get rid of Nabal. We're going to teach Nabal a lesson. Abigail received word. Abigail came unto David. Abigail, by her soft spirit and kind heart, pacified the wrath of the king, actually spared David from doing the wrong thing at that particular time and really spared David. And God dealt with Nabal. Uh, God uh, judged Nabal. And you keep this in mind. When you commit your judgment unto the Lord, God's a big God. And God is able to deal with those in authority. And God is able to bring judgment. God did that against Nabal. And as God judged Nabal, we know the end of the story. Uh, David married Abigail and the wrath of David was pacified and David did not have this blot upon his record for the rest of his reign. That's the pacifying of a king. I want you to look at verse 15. And in verse 15, we see here the promotion that comes from a king and so much truth in this verse. And he says, In the light of the king's countenance is life, and in his favor and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. Now, when I read this, I, I think, as we mentioned of Daniel and Joseph, 
And we find that through Daniel and Joseph, they gained the favor of the king. They were promoted by the king that they were under because of their soft spirit, their kind words, their excellent spirit, as the Bible describes of Daniel. And they gained the favor of the king's countenance. And you know the story, and that ought to be the desire that we have, uh, to live in the favor of the king, to live in the favor of our authority. But let me relate this the main principle here. It ought to be our desire to live under the authority and in the favor of King Jesus. And that we would spend our life seeking His favor. uh, Seeking His blessing upon our life. And, And I think about this verse, in the light of the King's countenance is life. And in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, Honoring the Lord Jesus Christ, that's life. And the Bible says that Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And as we put ourselves in that position under King Jesus, oh, how God blesses our life and how God is the one that promotes us. I love to read the story of Joseph. Though sold into slavery, God made all that he did to prosper because he lived in light of the king. He lived under the authority of the king. You can relate this. uh, Maybe you have a a wicked boss. Uh, You ought to serve your boss as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And you remember that Jesus is your Lord. You're not to please your boss with eye service as a man pleaser, but you are to please King Jesus. And maybe your boss is wicked, but you ought to do what is right before King Jesus. And live in the light of His countenance. And uh, your boss has given you direction. You ought to be to work on time. And that's what King Jesus would want you to do. Is to be to work at time. And your boss, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, remember, was a wicked king. And, and Daniel lived under that authority. But he lived in light of King Jesus. And you'll find that Daniel did what he did. Because he was submitted unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And Daniel lived in the favor of his king. And that's what Joseph, God made all that he did to prosper because Joseph lived under the authority of King Jesus. And God blessed him and Joseph was promoted to position within Potiphar's house. Then Joseph sold him to slavery, lived under the light of King Jesus. And because of that, again, in prison, he made all that he did to, uh, to prosper in prison. And that's what God is seeking for in our life. You see, when you live under authority and the authority of Jesus, God blesses your life and makes you a blessing in your home, to your husband, to your parents, to your boss, to your preacher, to your government, to your president. God makes you a blessing in that kingdom. I want to close with one passage here, uh, Luke, the New Testament, chapter 7. And I believe here's a principle that is set forth in Luke chapter 7, in verse number (coughs) 1. Now, when he had ended all of his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. One of my favorite places in Israel was Capernaum. And uh, the very place, we had our Sunday morning church service, the synagogue in Capernaum, the very synagogue that is spoken of right here in the Word of God. We had Sunday morning church service there in that synagogue. And oh, what a blessing it was to be right there and think about these Bible stories. 
says, a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation. He hath built us a synagogue, the very synagogue that you're going to have, Lord willing, an opportunity to visit in the city of Capernaum. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was not far away from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter into my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. I want you to notice this next verse. Very important, and it fits and applies to what we're preaching tonight. He says, for I also am a man. Notice this, and I underline this in my Bible. Set under authority. He says, I have a position under authority. I am set under authority. I am accountable to those that are over me. And I believe the principle is he surrendered to that position. But notice this, having under me soldiers. He said, I am under authority but I have under my authority soldiers. Here's a centurion. He is a captain of hundred. And he says, I have men that are under me. But notice what he says. I say to one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. He said, I'm a man under authority. And he says, but I have men under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And I believe he's able to do so. He's a good leader because he's a good follower. He's under authority. And I believe many times we cannot be leaders until we first learn to be followers, until we first learn to be under authority, until we first learn to be submissive to King Jesus. And King Jesus would have our heart. But I want you to notice here what happens in verse number 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. Here was a man of great faith because he understood authority. And he understood that Jesus was the ultimate authority. He understood that Jesus had the power to give a word and that all the dominions of angels would follow King Jesus. And whatever King Jesus commanded, that would take place. And this man expresses understanding this authority. He says, I know that all Jesus has to do is give a word and by his word, and by his power, and by his authority, my servant shall be healed. And he had that authority to believe Jesus because he was a man under authority that understood authority. Let me just close with this thought. I believe many times people lack faith because they've not been under authority. And being under a position of authority, having a submissive heart and a submissive spirit will help you to be submissive to King Jesus. 
Do you know the attitude you have toward your parents is often going to be your attitude toward God. The attitude that you have towards those in authority will be actually an attitude that will help you, if you have a right attitude, will help you in your submission to King Jesus. In the light of the king's countenance is life. Friends, I, I want to be under King Jesus. Amen. I want his blessings upon my life. I, I want the Lord to say to me on that day, well done, thou good and faithful, and what is the word? Servant, servant, under authority. I'd like with that for us to go to the Lord tonight. In